0: Your job at this point isn't even what happens with it or the results of it. That's God's work, that's the universe, that's the destiny. Your job is to show up and meet this frontier.
1: I believe that the opposite of depression, it's not happiness, it's purpose. I believe that every single person has something unique to contribute to the world. And that's why I wanted to create a show called Don't Keep Your Day Job. Don't Keep Your Day Job is about Thanks to
0: The New Yorker for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. In print and online, The New Yorker stands apart for its commitment to truth and accuracy, quality writing, and compelling reporting and storytelling. The New Yorker is considered by many to be one of the most influential publications in the world. Get 12 weeks of The New Yorker for just $6, newyorker.com slash dreamjob. Also, thanks to Glossier. You probably know Glossier for their skincare products and for popularizing the glowy, dewy skin look. Glossier also creates makeup products, body care products, and fragrance. For a limited time, new customers can get 10% off your first order. This deal expires soon, so act fast. Glossier.com slash podcast slash dream job. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. So I just want to keep it real and say that yesterday and today, I kind of just feel this like sadness where there's no real reason that I feel like I need a good cry other than the fact that I just feel the heaviness of this season. It's just so intense and I'm restless. Like I'm so ready to just see my friends and Thanksgiving is coming. And last year on Thanksgiving, we had like 80 people, no joke, over for Friendsgiving. And we hired a magician for the kids. And my friend Jenny hired a masseuse who was doing like, like neck massages. And we had a face painter and I miss my friends. I miss day to day, like forget holidays, just like gathering with people. And, you know, there's also this settling in feeling of sadness because I was feeling so cooped up when we were in LA because we were in the house and the kids were on Zoom and it was like five straight months of just feeling just the intensity of it all, like wiping down the groceries and we couldn't even go to the park. And so you remember me talking about like I wanted to move. And so we were thinking, where are we going to go? And we started putting all these ideas out there, Seattle, Tennessee, Charlotte, um, New Hampshire, Boston, Atlanta. We started thinking about all these ideas. And then we realized like, what are we doing? Like we can't go visit places right now. We can't just go to Austin. We can't travel during COVID. It's not safe. It's not. So the one place that felt like an easy option was to come to South Florida because I grew up here and I know the streets, I know the neighborhoods. So I knew that I could like buy a house sight unseen and I would know generally like what it would feel like and look like. And so we just did that. We bought a house. You should have seen what we wore on the plane, literally like face shields and masks and the whole thing. And we didn't check luggage and we got right to the house. And then we, we just did our thing here. And what's nice is that we have a lake and we have a pool. So even though the kids have not been in school and we're just sort of like doing our own thing, we have more outdoor space than we had in LA. But, you know, I guess I just thought that I would just feel so just like, oh, that does the trick. But I don't feel like this is our forever home. I just don't. And I'm i yearning for that. And I think we're all yearning for it. I think everyone is feeling boxed in and like ready for that shift. And at the same time, I think a lot of people are wanting to move. And I I think it's a combination of like part of it. I have to just learn how to be still, really. And another part of it is like I have to call in the next great adventure. And it's interesting. I tell people like if you want to manifest your amazing career or you want to be having the relationship you want, whatever it is that you want, part of it is like the technology is dream the dream, right? Make the wish. And then what actually brings it to you is this feeling that the wish has been granted and you can just trust now and surrender it. And it will start to come to you because you'll start having inspired action. You'll start doing things. You'll start having ideas. Why? Because you're no longer in the state of like doubt and worry about it. You're feeling excited because you're expecting it any moment and you start thinking, Oh, you know, I should call so and so or, Oh, yeah, I'm going to, you know, send that email or I'm going to post this thing. And next thing you know, out of the blue, quote unquote, it just seems so surprising, but you're led to this thing. And so I want to just surrender that like this problem is solved, like where we're supposed to live, what that's supposed to look like. And at the same time, I think it's also just this season and What I want to say to you about it, and I posted this on Instagram yesterday, is that this has been such an intense year, so hard. Everybody has been affected by it. And as hard as it's been, I do think that when you look back in hindsight, five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, of all the years in your journey, I think this will be one of those years where you feel it was very powerful, where you feel you learned something that you needed to learn, or there was an insight, or there was some kind of transformation because it's it's the year that's so uncomfortable that it's forcing us all to see ourselves or to change or to understand something we don't want to continue anymore. So often, you know, the butterfly gets all the glory, but it's in the cocoon, it's in the chrysalis where all the growth is happening. And so I think we're in that right now. And I just want you to know you're not alone. I feel it. I think we all are feeling it and we're doing it and we're moving through this hard season. But if you want someone to vent to, I'm not joking, DM me on Instagram because I'm here for it. And I love you guys. And I know what it feels like to hurt and to be overwhelmed and, and all of those things. And I'm just, I'm really here with you guys for it. And I'm so grateful that you're in my life. Um, Speaking of being here for you, I asked you guys last week, what do you want more of? And I said, do you want more celebrity interviews? Do you want me to do Q&As? Do you want me to coach more people? Do you want me to do more episodes with mom and pop local business owners? And overwhelmingly, the answer was, Kathy, please put more coaching sessions on here so we can hear you talking to people just like us and helping them troubleshoot. So that's what we're doing. And I'm so excited about it. So here we go. So today you're going to hear from Matt. Matt is Amazing. Matt was actually a listener of Don't Keep Your Day Job, and we actually shared one of his wins a few months ago. Um, and then he wound up being in my mastermind, and I asked him permission. I said, Would you mind if we shared this hot seat? Cause it was so amazing. Like, I just was so touched by him and his process. And and he's like, yeah, you can share it. So we're going to listen to it today. But he's he's an accomplished podcaster. He left his day job earlier this year and his business has been pretty steady, but he was not sure what's on the horizon for him. And he wasn't sure where to reach next for the highest branch. And so in the session, I kind of called him out on a few things and tried to show him something that was in his blind spot. And I wanted him to see where he might be creating resistance. So this is a beautiful moment. And I'm so grateful that he allowed us to share it with you. I think that this might be really inspiring for you. So take a listen. Matt, do you feel like sharing with us? Sure do. Tell us everything.
2: (laughs) All right. So I started all of this with a podcast. I was basically one of the first people to put out a podcast on Anchor. Mm-hmm. So, I created a podcast called the Rambling Runner Podcast for and about dedicated amateur runners. So, six months went by, no one listened, which was fine. It was a lark for me anyway. And then it really started gaining steam. The first six months, there were 8,000 downloads in total. The following 12 months, there were a million downloads in total. So it really took off from there. uh, This past February, I ended up leaving my job and went full-time with the podcast and also uh, as a run coach. So I'm part of this company called McCurdy Trained. It's the biggest online coaching uh, team in the country. So that's kind of how I get my clients through them. And I do the podcast on my own. And then... Last year was like the worst athletic year of my life. I was injured like all the time. I didn't run a lot. I gained a lot of weight, so on and so forth. So this summer, I started a new project called Mastering 40, where the goal was a year later to break 40 minutes in the 10K. I'm also turning 40 in January. So hence the name. And then a lot of people really liked that because they saw themselves in it, which was what I was hoping for. So basically, there's every three weeks on the pod, I do like a deep dive with my coaches. So a sports psychologist and my run coach and a nutritionist. And that's how people follow along. People were really into it. And they're like, I want to do something like this. So I am now in the process of launching a virtual summit, January 15th through 17th, called the Rambling Runner Virtual Summit. The idea of it is for dedicated amateur runners who want to have the best running year of their life in 2021. So right now I have two dozen speakers who will be talking about very specific topics that dedicated amateur runners face. So that's where I am and be launching soon. Or I will be, I should say, going live with registrations on Monday, November 23rd. So kind of like an early bird week. Then a week after that. So 125 bucks for the early bird week and then 150 the week after that. And that's also when my speakers will get their promo codes that they can disseminate to their audiences. So $25 off. And then they would split the revenue on those promo codes as well. And I'm really excited about it. It's the first time I've ever done something like this. So I'll leave that there. I do have some, some things that I'm, I'm pondering.
0: I mean, It's so impressive. And it's just such a magical story. I know this story. It's just amazing that you started this thing. And then within a year, there's a million downloads. Talk about just like stepping into a possibility and boom, it's like right there, it's done. So I just want to understand this program that you're about to sell. What is it exactly? How much is it? How long is it? And what are they getting from it? Is this at the virtual summit?
2: Yeah, so it's a virtual summit. Mm -hmm. So three days, January 15th, 16th, and 17th. So each speaker will do 30 to 40 minutes on -hmm. their specific topic. Uh, The vast majority of them will be pre-recorded. And I'm also going to do some live stuff as well. When someone signs up for it, again, it's $125. And then it's $150 the week after. But if they use the promo codes, which hopefully they will, it'll still be $125 and then for someone who attends, they get access to the videos. I'll release them kind of like on the hour type thing, but they'll have lifetime access to the videos. I'm going to put the videos in podcast form as well, so I'll have exclusive content to them in podcast form, and then we're going to do some live Q&A with some of the speakers, so I have a couple of Olympians speaking, and so people can have some interaction with them, and then I'm also going to be doing a live post game type thing with one of my friends carolyn sue who created the diverse we run instagram thing which was on the cover of runners world last week um so we're going to do a live post game thing at the end of each day so she'll like like me she'll pre-watch the videos ahead of time because she's not sitting there for eight straight hours or something so we're going to do that as well and and that show will have some interaction hopefully an engagement with with people if you know as long as we get some people to sign up for this thing
0: so it's three days and how much is it $125.
2: $125. Okay. That's usually what the price is for a month of uh, run coaching. So within the industry, that's pretty much the average what you would see for the vast majority of coaching services. So the idea was would be part of my marketing pitch. So for like what you would normally pay a coach for one month of service, you can get access to 24 of the best people in the running community for the same price.
0: Okay. And your running coaching business, what, what has that looked like up till now?
2: So I coach about 20 athletes. And you know, so I update their calendars every you know, week or two with exactly the runs and the workouts that they'll be doing. I initially created my own coaching service, but then I folded it under the umbrella of this other service mm-hmm. with the idea that it would allow me to spend more time on some of my creative efforts and not have to worry about some of the administrative stuff, some of like, you know, attracting and retaining clients. I could focus more on the podcast and more on initiatives like this, frankly, uh, like the summit.
0: Got it. Who is your audience made up of? Is it athletes or is it amateurs? It's dedicated
2: amateur runners. So people who would subscribe to runner's world, right? People like You just
0: said I coach 20 athletes. Mm Mm-hmm so are are you calling them athletes, but they're really amateurs, or are they athletes, and they're not really the core of your audience
2: so I was, when i when I use the word amateur, I mean people who aren't professional runners
0: right I'm just curious when yeah. you said the people you coach are athletes, are mm. those those amateurs or are they actually yes. at they are yes,
2: yeah, yeah, exactly okay. so you're okay.
0: coaching twenty people who are literally like the
2: yeah, like the avatar of like the person that would that would sign right. up for this
0: great and what is their biggest hurdle? No pun intended. What's their biggest hurdle with their running?
2: Well, that's the thing. It's so individualized. Uh, it really is. So there are some people who are like me. Like, so I played college basketball, and now like I got no back into. No way!
0: To- that's amazing. <laughs>
2: so <laughs> I kind of running after like a hiatus from athletics. So there's other people who did the opposite, who never really were into it and got to it later in life. There's other folks who I coach who have been doing it for a while, but then plateaued. They want to get to the next level. There's people who have been injured and there's other people who have, you know, gone through eating disorders and come out the other side and now want to live a more healthy lifestyle. So that's why I was trying to get a pretty wide range of folks to speak at this, to speak to so many different things.
0: Let me ask you this, What is whether they're coming out of you know, having a, a hiatus with it or they want to go toward it, what's one of the things that they bump up against everybody when it comes to their own running, when it comes to getting better? Is it their health? Is it energy? Is it fuel? Is it staying accountable? What is it? What's, give me a guess.
2: Okay. I would say, first of all, that people have a governor on what they think they can achieve, which I okay. know is a universal thing. It's not necessarily just for running, but it absolutely pertains here. Mm -hmm. so that's definitely a major topic for us. Another thing is time, so the vast majority of the people who are going to, you know, say my audience for the podcast, which I think is a good replica for the people who'd be signing up for this,
0: Mm -hmm. you
2: know, there are people like me. I don't know if you can hear in the background, I got two kids who are literally doing jumping jacks above me.
0: It's all good.
2: (laughs) So time is an issue, right, so if they're doing two hours worth of exercise Mm -hmm. a day, that's going to be a problem, right, Mm -hmm. and then the last thing for so many people is, making sure that they're healthy, because consistency over a long period of time is really the bedrock on which all of these goals will be built. So making sure they're healthy from an injury standpoint and from, say, a nutrition perspective.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So let me just give this to you and see what, how you metabolize this. Okay. You just said there's a governor- I love how you said that. I think that's what you said, like on what we think is possible, right? There's like a limit here. Number one, that's the whole, right? That's the whole Roger Bannister. You know, it's amazing, right? No one can run a four minute mile. And then he's like, or they can. Okay, great. Now everybody knows that's in the field of possibility. This man does it. Now everybody does that. Okay, so the number one is the limitation. Self-imposed limitation. Number two, time, making the time, dedicating the time, making sure that you do it. Mm -hmm. And number three, you said being healthy, really being healthy because you want to be able to be consistent. Here's what I'm going to tell you. You are taking yourself out of your power. Okay. If you keep saying what you just said, and you say it's a three-step process, and these three pieces, when you master these three pieces, you'll be Forrest Gump. You're never going to stop running. You're going to run all the way home. You're going to run, run, and run and you're going to be healthy, and you're not just going to learn to run. but You're going to learn to master your limitations, master your time, and master your habits. Every time you start walking towards your power, you back out. This virtual summit is an amazing thing for you, but that is you shining a light on all these people, right? And it's a lot of stuff. And what I'm going to tell you is, and this is for all of you to understand, when you're going to build a really significant multi-million dollar business, it's because you show up with a person whose problem you've identified and a method to solve it. And you tell that story and you have that method and that method is replicable and they don't need you. They need you to show it to them. And then what you're telling them is I'm going to show you a system so that you can go do this without having to pay me to coach you. I'm going to teach you the system that you will then dial in and you will set yourself free. And you just convinced me when I said, but what really is it? And you said the limits you put on yourself, the time and the healthy because it's the consistency. I got it. And it made a lot of sense to me. And what I see for you is you creating this as a thing, whatever you want to call it. It's your method. It's your program. It's your system and you have it and you know it. And you need to show them this and get them clear and have them really go through each piece of those steps and find different ways for them to create their own, Whatever they need to do, give them exercises, give them tasks so that they can integrate those pieces. Do you hear what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, I just need you to finish it. <laughs> I know you're leading me to water here, but I feel like I need to take a couple more steps.
0: Well, I'm saying to you, what do you really want? Like, if you really want financial freedom, you've built an audience now, right? Creating a summit is not gonna give you freedom. That is a lead generator, right? When people show up at an event, right? It's to sell the next event, especially if it's a summit. So what I usually think is like, if you're going to have a summit, you can make it a lot less money. you got to get bodies and chairs, right? That summit is a webinar, right? That summit is a five-day challenge. And then at the end, you sell them on that program, right? That's really where it comes in. You that's
2: use... exactly why I want to talk to you today. Because for me, there is no next thing.
0: Well, that's what I'm standing here holding right. up a sign to, with a big arrow. The next thing is the only thing that we need to focus on. The next thing needs to be born. The next thing is the thing you need to claim your power. You have so much humility that it's too much because your whole vibe is like this sweet, approachable, yummy person. You're never going to lose that. That is just a gift. That's what you bring into the room. It's awesome. Then you're like, oh, I played college basketball. It's like, what? you played college basketball. That's insane. That's so cool. And the fact that you like started a podcast and then it like, Oh, just got to a million downloads. That's like, you know, most people don't do that. So there's a a superstar inside of you. And then you're like, well, I have Olympians coming and I have this, and I have this other coaching thing. That's going to do it. It's like, why do we come out of our power here? What's going on with that?
2: I gotta be honest. So when I started the summit idea, like at the time, I thought this was like the big idea. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like when I did that, I was hiding from me. Like there is nothing in this space like that. Like this was a new creation. I don't think it's a bad
0: idea. I think it's gorgeous. I think it's going to create momentum and you're going to be lifted by it. And I think it's going to be such value for your audience. I'm not worried about it at all. I think it's amazing, but there's a blind spot here. Which is that you're the big show? You understand what I'm saying?
2: You. I do. I mean, I do. I guess in all the through line through all of this has been that I was telling other people's stories. You know, whether it was the podcast or the summit, that it was it was never about me. It was about other people. So when I hear you say that, it's like okay. Well, then what does that mean for? I guess for the future project? because it feels like that that's the almost the antithesis of how I was approaching the other things.
0: You're doing it perfectly. And you're still the big show when you tell stories. It's still you telling those stories. If you go to a Tony Robbins conference, he literally stands up and tells one story after another. He's a master storyteller. And then he literally repeats Jim Rohn for 400 hours straight. He tells Jim Rohn's story and then he tells his own story and I'm trying to tell you, look at your life. Let's look at the, you know, the through line of your life is you. There was a kid who had the enthusiasm for being an athlete. Then there was a kid who, when everybody else walked out of the park, you stayed there and worked on your jump shot and you got good at it. And then you got better at it. And you felt that feeling of what it's like to push yourself, right? And you Mm -hmm. did that. Then you had this enthusiasm for picking up running again, that it came out of you like a light and shined a light on other people. And they felt it. They felt your enthusiasm. And then you told stories. And the way you told stories was you and your enthusiasm and it became infectious. And people wanted to hear the way you told stories because they heard your sincerity and your love of it and how you interpreted these stories and shined a light on these parts and went, oh my God, you can do this. And then you wanted to pull all these people together to create this like amazing Super Bowl of like people coming together, which is awesome. But again, it goes back to because you had this vision and this enthusiasm and this passion for helping people do this. Because you said to me six times, I know people can do this and I wanna help people do this and they can do it and they can master 40. They can get there, they can come back to this and all of that, right? So what's missing is Like the chair is up there on the podium and you're just not taking your seat and like sitting down and being like, oh, and then if you really want to buy the thing from me where I can just like a laser focus in on you and give you what I got, here it is. It's like, you're avoiding that. You're avoiding giving that. And I see, I wrote it down, the limits we put on ourselves, the time, the healthy, consistent habits that it sounded today, pretty convincing that that's your formula. Mm -hmm. And that can be packaged. That's your platform. That's your signature move. That's your method. And you start talking about it. And then you can sell that. That can be a course. That can be a program. And you could have hundreds of people in it. And then you teach them what to do. And then maybe when they finish the program, they just get to be part of maybe some accountability group, which they get to be a part of just to keep checking in with other runners. But this program, you could sell this program for. $1,000, $2,000, $3,000. $1,000, $2,000, $3,000. It's brilliant. I'm all in. Do you see what I'm saying? It's very clear to me, but I don't know if it's clear to you. Yeah.
2: It's not that it's not clear. It's that I guess I have a couple of things. I have the drag of opportunity costs on like the coaching that I'm already doing in a one-to-one situation that I do enjoy. Um, and then with that, The idea of, and I don't think this is a negative, but it's me trying to grapple with this idea is that I've seen that in other areas. I don't see that a whole lot in the running space. Again, that's not a negative. I didn't see the sum in the running space either. Um, And I went for that, but it was more like, all right, how would I package that? How would that differentiate itself from the one-on-one coaching that people do like? Because that's what it would be competing against in a sense. Yeah, so I guess like my my hesitancy isn't one that, from like a, a detractor's point of view, it's more of trying to figure out exactly what that would entail holistically.
0: And I'm trying to really figure out what the resistance is because you just like moved a lot of things around and nothing really. You didn't give me anything, but what you told me is that you're coaching one on one, and there's like a drag because there's an offer, oppor- there's a cost. And then how will you package it? And then no one's really doing it. I'm, I'm trying to really figure out what the fear and the resistance is. When you're able to coach in a group and you're able to say, all right, we're going through this together on the other side of these eight weeks or 12 weeks, you'll be a master of this. You will have this method dialed in and you start to put them through a process of, okay, the first two weeks we're dealing with the limits. The second two weeks we're dealing with the time. The third set of two weeks we're dealing with whatever you make it up. I don't know what it would look like for you, but now you're coaching hundreds of people, right? And that community gets to grow and they get to connect with one another and you can even put them in accountability groups so they can make sure they check in with each other. And they're working on these different aspects of the time and the limits and they're writing things down and they're sharing with one another. And then they're keeping each other accountable to go on those runs and to push themselves when they feel like they're going to finish and they go another five minutes anyway. And they check in with each, I mean, because it's so obvious to me, we got to keep going into what's really in the way for you.
2: I guess part of it is being happy with how things are on some level. Right. So like I did take the leave. I did, you know, start basically working at home and going full time with it after years and years of hoping it would happen. Got to that point. And now it's like, I'm not sure if I'd be able to, um, no, let me put it this way. Making that paradigm shift. It's definitely just a fear of failure issue here of the idea of like, all right, trying on a new endeavor. And I guess that's part of what I'm I'm concerned about.
0: I love you. Uh, thank you. That wasn't easy to say, and it was so good. I think we're going to leave it here today. We're going to leave it here. Can you imagine if John Wooden coached people one-on-one? I wouldn't know his name.
2: I still live in Indiana.
0: <laughs> I mean, his humility is why he knew he had to coach and write books and speak to the whole world because he was a servant. It's not about him. He's gonna risk failing because he has something to say. And he's more, he's more concerned with making sure as many people hear it as possible than his own shame and his own ego. That's not part of his story, right? What happens to great leaders? They put themselves on the hook and they say, I just won a championship and now you want me to do it again. That's a lot of pressure. And then they just show up for it, right? So this is it. You know how I know this is it? Because who's your audience? You. And what was the first thing that you told me that you teach is the limits we put on ourselves.
2: God damn it, Kathy.
0: God damn it. God bless it. How about that? Because here's the thing. You came to teach that lesson. Because you know that lesson. Because you were probably the kid who at eight years old, be like, you're not going to play pro sports. And you're like, you're right. Wait a minute. Uh-uh. Right? I don't know. You're not standing up. How tall are you?
2: I'm not tall. I'm 5'8".
0: I knew it. I knew it, Matt. You pushed that limit. You changed that story. You're like, I'm not 6'4". 4 doesn't matter. Because you're going to play college basketball. I'd love to know actually the percentage of people under the six foot mark who play college basketball.
2: There's only one on my team, so (laughs) not many, that's for sure. (laughs) So I I hear what you're saying.
0: You are forgetting who you are. That's insane, okay? You gotta come back. I cannot sit here and let you be comfortable. That is a waste of your potential. You gotta stop being comfortable you're missing out on yourself and they're missing out on you. I'm not going to stand for it.
2: All right. So this summit (laughs) is on January 15th, Mm -hmm. which obviously gives me plenty of time to think of, you know, what I'll potentially be offering people. Right. So just because I'm going live with registrations on November 23rd, doesn't mean that I need the next step on November 23rd. So I have some time here to create that next thing And I guess it could potentially, and I don't know if it would from a name perspective, but it could potentially piggyback on what I'm doing with the Mastering 40 journey that people seem to like.
0: We have so much more to cover, but first we're just going to thank our sponsors. Glossier believes in the power of self-expression and personal choice in beauty and beyond. And as good businesses do, they're always talking with their community about the best ingredients, the best techniques, and dream products. That's why they're so good at creating products that condense the best of beauty. And right now, three of their amazing products, the Boy Brow, Future Dew, and Bomb.com, are available in one set. The Future Dew is an oil serum packed with light reflecting ingredients for dewy, glowy skin, and it instantly gives that post-facial glow. I love using this in my morning routine. I tend to have dry skin, but this makes my skin feel really bright and nourished throughout the day. And the bomb.com is another one of my favorites. It's a lip balm that keeps my lips super smooth and moisturized all day long. I personally love the coconut flavor, but they also have other cool options like the original, mint, rose, berry. There's bound to be one that you're going to like. What I also love about Glossier is that I don't have to worry about any weird chemicals on my skin. They're cruelty-free, fragrance-free, and their ingredients are tested by dermatologists. Get the entire Boy Brow plus future due, plus bomb.com set by visiting glossier.com slash podcast slash dream job. For a limited time, new customers can get 10% off your first order. This deal expires soon, so act fast. That's G-L-O-S-S-I-E-R.com slash podcast slash dream job. I'm always seeking fascinating stories about what's going on in the world and in-depth reports on people or issues that might otherwise go unnoticed. That's why I love The New Yorker. In print and online, The New Yorker stands apart for its commitment to truth and accuracy, quality writing, and compelling reporting and storytelling. And it's considered One of the most influential publications in the world, they cover a full range of topics like arts, pop culture, news, international affairs, fiction, humor, and so much more. There's really something for everyone. The New Yorker has become the daily digital destination for news and cultural coverage, publishing 10 to 15 exclusive site-only stories every day. Plus, you can use their apps and read from the online archive dating all the way back to 1925. I recently read an article by Doreen St. Felix. She wrote this about the late Alex Trebek, the Jeopardy host who just sadly passed away. It was really a touching tribute to his legacy. And it was interesting to read about this man who we've all seen on TV for decades, but most of us knew barely anything about him. I'm also a fan of their New Yorker Radio Hour podcast. They just had an episode with two of my favorite comedians, Jerry Seinfeld and Steve Martin. I can only imagine how amazing it would have been to sit in on that Zoom call. For a limited time, you can get 12 weeks of The New Yorker for just $6. That's a savings of 50%. Plus, listeners of my show will receive an exclusive tote bag free. Go to newyorker.com slash dreamjob. That's N-E-W-Y-O-R-K-E-R.com slash dreamjob to get 12 weeks of The New Yorker for just $6 and a free tote bag newyorker.com slash dream job. So you're going to open this up in November. You don't, and you said, I don't have to have it figured out by then. Right. I think you do have it figured out though. I don't think there's anything to figure out. I don't think we need to make this difficult. I literally just heard you say three things. I've now repeated them four times because they're so clear to me. And I think that that's the program. And I think you just sharing the story of what you just said and those three things, and why are those three pieces so essential and explaining how, when you master those three pieces, you master this game of running, you master your own headspace. You master your own limitations. You master your health. You master the time and you're, you're on your way. I think that that's it. I think people would get it. I think people are smart enough to get it. And then you can literally today, like take out an index card and just create bullet points of like, okay, so how, what would I do? What would the exercises be that I would give people for that first peace and how would I go over that with them and would I put them in accountability pods with with pairs of one or two people or would they be in groups and what would I have them do and how could I keep them accountable to implement what i 'm saying and you can take pieces from what I do in my group and we can talk about how to just keep them held and accountable to implement what you're saying. But I think with, with very simple tools, like a Facebook group, a private Facebook group for your students and a zoom, I think you're good. I mean, people say to me, what do you do with your modules and how do you record them and who comes over? And I'm like, You guys, I've tested that. I've done that. I've done several programs like that where I sit in my house and the light ring is on and the cameraman's over here. There's one camera here, camera one, camera two, camera one, camera two. And it is so contrived and it is so... It's so not me, and I don't want that. I think what people are so over is selling them on videos, selling them on go do it yourself. It's like they can't do it themselves. They need you. And I think if you just showed up live, and I think between now and January, you could run a beta test of this. You could do a miniature version of it so that you could just start putting it out there and get 10 people in it and get them through it maybe in half the time. Maybe if the program is really going to be eight weeks or 10 weeks. Maybe you have it only be four weeks and between now and then you just get a group to go through it with you and you start to see how you like it and you start playing with different aspects of what you would do and how you would help them through it. And then you'll know. But I think you can for sure launch this in January. The summit is what day?
2: January 15th to the 17th.
0: It's literally the perfect time to launch. That is when we always have our biggest launches. So that is when people want to be healthy, January 15th. (laughs) That's
2: why I did it there. That was exactly the reason.
0: It's awesome. So two things, okay? I would say stand for the end. Number one, at the end of the summit and during the summit, actually in between every person's session, you could be giving away a discount or a scholarship or something to your program, right? Just to be basically you Using it as lead generation and sprinkling it in through a, as a marketing tool for your program. You can also be giving away tons and tons of tickets to this event, a virtual summit, knowing that at the end the take-home is you're selling people into the program. Okay, so that's also what's going on. In addition, you can start to make the seeds and start to create a Facebook group so that watch this, the summit is 15th through 18th or whatever you said, and then you let people know about a five-day challenge that you're doing, right? And you're selling them into the five-day challenge. Maybe you're just talking about the five-day challenge and then they go from the summit into that. Or you're just using that three-day virtual summit as your intimacy, connection, five-day challenge kind of a, a situation. And maybe you insert in those three days there's a session with you on each of those days and you do one session about the limits and you do the other session about time and you do the other session about your health. And at the end of each session, you say, this is the first step of my my method. And this, this is the second step of my method. And I I'm so passionate about this. And it's so obvious to me. And you, you tell stories of people that illustrate these points and, and you give pointers a little bit. And at the end of the, the virtual summit, you say, for anybody who wants to work with me, and then you use that summit group. Is that summit group going to be in a Facebook group?
2: Yeah, I hadn't figured that part out yet in terms of the engagement piece. I'm hosting it through Thinkific, but from an engagement piece, I was thinking about doing it through a Facebook group. I wasn't sure. I have a friend of mine who's doing a different summit recently, who's doing it through the Mighty Network.
0: Yep. You just need somewhere where people can interact with you. I'm not so worried about this because it's going to be cool no matter what, that virtual summit, but I'm trying to find ways to use that virtual summit as a sort of a a launching pad for your program. Um, I'd really love to see you just start talking about your method. And I think absolutely Mastering 40 can be the name of the program and it's your method you know, it's a three-step process or a four-step process. Maybe you'll realize there's actually another step you didn't mention today on the call. So it's a five, doesn't matter what it is, but people want to be sold on a result and they want to be sold on a dedicated set of steps that if they understood the steps, they would be able to have that result. And so what you do is you're not selling them on, you need me to coach you indefinitely. And therefore there's no rhyme or reason, you know, they want to be sold on, I have a method and this method will help you So come and learn that. Oh, I want that method. And then I can take it when I'm done and I have it forever.
2: Right. Right. So selling the fishing pole, not the fish.
0: Yes, exactly. So mastering 40 is brilliant. That can be your program. So I just want you to go ahead and and start putting the seeds out there. And I want you to start walking into that future as if it already exists and seeing yourself, you know, you're going to be John Wooden. You're going to be coaching people, helping people, teaching people, inspiring people, sharing other people's stories and, and it's gonna come down to putting yourself on the hook and letting go of the shame that what does it even mean to fail, right? What, what does that look like? So somebody won't get the results. Okay, does that mean that you still shouldn't do it for the eight people who will get the results? Imagine if you were John Wooden and you showed up to coach a scraggly bad news bears team of kids. And you're like, I'll turn this team around right? But is it on you as the coach? Is it his fault if four of the kids never showed up to practice? Or if three of the people just kept eating candy bars every day? Or if a couple of those people just won't run laps or they just won't show up for their game? You can't do it for somebody else. But does it mean that for the people who failed, he shouldn't have shined his light for the six people who who heard the message and, and got it, right? are you responsible? What does it mean? Like you just got to make sure your side of the road is clean. When people come through my songwriting class and they're like, I didn't, this didn't happen for me. I'm like, okay. Did you do the work? Do you Mm -hmm. sing? Well, are you talented? Can you write music? Did you show up and practice your craft? Did you pitch music? Did you like, I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, right. Mm -hmm. How many Steven Spielberg's walk out of USC film school? Probably one every decade. And meanwhile, they enroll like, you know, every year it's like another hundred kids are taking their money, $40,000 a year. Every kid's like spending all this money. It's like, I have no idea if you're going to make a good movie. It's up to you. But am I going to stop? Am I going to shut down my film school? One of the best film schools in the world, because I don't know if I can make you a star. That's not your job, Matt.
2: Yeah, I hear you. So now now I'm I'm now I'm like inhabited by this fear of like and then nobody shows up which I know everyone's having that right now with their own stuff but it's funny cuz it's one thing for me like I can sell Olympians talking about running I can sell that all day. That's <laughs> not hard for me to sell. Um, you know, I am mean, a former, you know, major gift officer, you know, fundraiser. Like I can do that. That's not a problem. Because I was never selling me. I was selling the institution. So the idea of selling me, it certainly feels different. There's no question about that. So I think I have to kind of show get
0: you get a hold something. of that. I love you. I gotta show you something. So I was on Instagram asking people what they want more of because we had Matthew McGonaughey on the podcast. And so I was like telling my team, I'm like why is it that like, we have a celebrity and then we go two months without a celebrity. Like we should have a celebrity every single episode. Like we're at this place, you know? And we're like, all right, we'll go back to the drawing board. Cause we can't just get one every day. You know, these people are busy. They have publicists. Look at this. So I asked my audience, I do what I tell you to do. I said, what do you want more of? And I gave them a little list. I said, celebrity guest. That was my number, you know, the first one, a choice, a, B, I wrote me coaching regular people through their process. C, interviews with local business owners. D, answering your questions. This is the answer. B,
2: that's the one I chose. (laughs) B, exactly.
0: They just want to hear from regular people. They don't want to hear from a celebrity. They don't want to hear from a business owner who already figured it out. They want to hear from normal people who are stuck. We're talking seven to one, my audience is seven times more interested in a normal person struggling than hearing from Matthew McConaughey. That is so boring. Those Olympians, they don't have an ounce of the magic that you have. No one can relate to them. It is not within reach. And it's boring. It's, I'm already living in the castle. I want to talk about the castle. It's over here. And it looks like this. It's like, Dead air. It's just like not interesting, right? And this is what it is about. This is what my producer is saying to me. She's like, What made the Oprah show was not Tom Cruise jumping on the couch. It was the little mom and pop person from the middle of the country who gets on that stage, and Oprah just like looks into that person's soul and she's like, You will rise. You stand up straighter. Don't you tell me. And it's just like, What are we watching? I don't even know this woman. I don't even care. Oh my God. And you're like glued to the TV, you know, and you're just like mesmerized. Like, how does she do that for everyone? You get a car, you get a taco, let's go. Like, we're doing this, right? It's like we're so over it. It's so boring. How many people can Jimmy Fallon interview? Wouldn't it just be so nice for a second if all those late night talk shows just stopped talking about the person with the new movie and the new book and they just brought real people on and like the, you know, the beautiful things that are maybe happening? right? that's what You saw John Krasinski's Good News Network? Yeah, of course. I mean, it was just so cool. It got picked up. They, he sold it. He didn't even know. It. He was just like, maybe we should just talk to nurses who are like slugging it out in Boston right now. Maybe that's more interesting than talking to John Legend. Who cares? It's not interesting. It's boring at this point. It's boring. So I'm so grateful to my audience and I'm grateful to this practice that I can keep going back to, which is just ask them what they want stop getting confused. Mm-hmm. You have it you have it i'm telling you i'm not going to name names but i know celebrities who come to me for advice and started podcasts and they haven't gotten to a million downloads in a year and they go i don't know why it's like no one's interested but then here comes this sweet guy he's a dad he starts talking about running and everyone's like and you're like i can't sell that no one's gonna come and you've been given all the evidence in the world that people show up for you yeah you're right. are, you, are you hearing this today? This is going to be so big. What does it feel like to play big? To be seen. To be worthy of being seen. To let people be inspired by your sweetness.
2: I'll have to tell you when it happens. <laughs> right now, I'm just going to take your confidence in me and run with it until it becomes my own.
0: You're literally the perfect person. There's not a bone in your body that's anything but sweet and kind and honest. You could read me your grocery list and I would get that you are a good person. That's what you are. That's just what's so. People need that kind of person around.
2: All right, let's
0: do it. Yes! For this man, give it to him. You're going to be so good.
2: All right. all right. We got some work to do.
0: Coming out of the shadows. It's not about you. You got to go help some people. And by the way, we all have to do this. Get yourself on the hook. Make a promise and deliver it. You could do it. That's our job. And even if you fail, you're going to contribute because you're going to be so focused and so invested in giving that person what you said that you would. And they'll feel that. And that will go a long way. And it'll be more than enough. I know so many people who like robbed themselves of the experience of getting married or having kids because they're, they don't believe in the fact that they could like, you know, take care of a life. It's a big responsibility. And we're all messy and we're all making mistakes at it. But when you care and you keep showing up, and you're on the hook you'll be amazed you know my husband's dad died when he was a kid and he was messy he didn't go to meditation class or therapy you know he went through his dad was an older dad so i think if his dad was alive today he'd be like 90 something so his dad lived through like you know depression and he was in an orphanage at one point and he was and i said to him when you think about your dad even though he was really rough around the edges I said, what do you remember? He goes, all love. Because he worked so hard for us and he owned a bookstore and uh, he, then he was a plumber. He never went to college and then he was a, he did appraisals and then he owned like a stamp machine business and, and he worked really, really, really hard. And my husband's like, all that's left is the love. Like I know that he loved me and he never said it, but I know he did even when you fail miserably, you don't fail. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. I mean, I I've gotten fired from a job. I got fired from a job three years ago. And it sucked. It I went in that day. I did not think it was gonna be my last day at my job. And I got fired that day and it was really painful. And there isn't a day that goes by where I still don't think about it. But it's funny because maybe funny is not the word. Fortuitous might be a better word for it, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if I still worked there.
0: The thing that we are all struggling with is shame. Because you just said there was a blessing, right? It's like you wouldn't be doing this now, right? So failure really is never failure. So what really is the failure? It's the shame that we equate with failing. What does it mean that i failed oh my god i can't believe i failed what's my wife's gonna say what's my friends gonna say what's gonna happen if i don't deliver for these students or this person who pays me this money it's the shame around it but if you can just welcome all parts of yourself the parts of you that fail the parts of you that self-sabotage the parts of you that get in your own way just welcome yourself every day every morning you wake up and you say you're welcome here the broken parts everything is welcome at this table You know what you're going to do? You're going to give other people permission to welcome their broken parts. And by doing that, you then really succeed. Because if we could just get rid of the shame just a little bit, it is exhausting. And shame is not ours, by the way. Shame comes from the outside. And it's other people showed us that, modeled that, and we kind of take it in. So you got this. And the thing is, For all of you, and this is where Matt's at right now, but you're all at a certain point with yourself, it's just what you got to do. Your job at this point isn't even what happens with it or the results of it. That's God's work, that's the universe, that's the destiny. Your job is to show up and meet this frontier. And you're going to get so much out of that because you pushed yourself over your own edge. And so that is actually the win. So it really will never fail because your win is the satisfaction you're going to get from knowing where you're kowtowing to the fear and the shame and pushing through that. And you'll then, your soul wins from that. And then whenever the actual results are of it matter a lot less because you got to do your work. We're all here to do our assignment. We can't shy away from it. That's our homework. Do you know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, for sure. I really look forward to this. This is not exactly the direction I was expecting, but I'm really appreciative for
0: it. What were you expecting?
2: Man, I don't know. <laughs> I'm,
0: not, I'm not really sure.
2: Uh, I knew that I was like, all right, I don't know what I'm doing after the summit. I know I should be launching off to something, but I didn't think it was going to be as comprehensive as what we talked about okay. from a shift perspective.
0: Well, I'm really excited about it. I love it. Thank you, Kathy. So I hope that was helpful. Maybe there was something in there that made you realize that you're not playing big enough or you're not putting yourself on the hook to serve the people who need you because that is your job. And you guys, I just so appreciate that Matt was courageous and decided to share all this with us. He's so talented and special. You can go follow him. Go ahead and do that. He's on Instagram at rambling underscore runner, and his podcast is called Rambling Runner. So give him some love and let him know if he inspired you. And if you want to do some running, let him know you want him to coach you. Um, But just reach out to him. I think it'll make him feel really good. So here are the takeaways. Number one, when you build a successful business, it's because you show up for a person whose problem you've identified and you have a method to solve it. Number two, claim your power. There's a superstar inside of you. Number three, risk failure to say what you have to say and serve the world. Number four, don't forget who you are. Come back to yourself. Stop being comfortable. Number five, walk into your future as if it already exists. Number six, get yourself on the hook. Make a promise and deliver it. You can do it. Number seven, when you welcome all parts of yourself every day, you give other people permission to do the same. When you do that, you succeed. And number eight, your job is not necessarily about the results. We got to get out of God's business. Your job is to show up and meet this next frontier. We're all here to do our assignment. You guys, thank you for being in my life. You carry me through. And I adore you. It means so much that you're listening when you have a jillion things going on. We have awesome episodes coming up. So please, if you haven't already, go subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And, um, I'm curious. Did this episode feel inspiring? Did you learn something from this conversation? Can you think of one person who would find it valuable? If you're shaking your head, if you're saying yes, then please share the episode, text the link to someone, email it, post about it on your Instagram and and tag someone who you think would benefit. And then you could tag me and I'll repost it. Also, if I'm on the right track and you want to continue to hear coaching like this, then DM me and let me know that. Um, Because I'm also happy to do celebrity interviews with hot guys like Matthew McConaughey anytime, but this feels really good. So I'm here for it. And if you want me to coach you, we have this Momentum Mastermind, which is application only, And it's six months. And if you want to apply, I will put the link in the show notes. Or you can go to kathyheller.com slash apply. You can also DM me on Instagram and I'll send you the application. But every month we take a few people who we think are a fit. So we'd love to have you in there. It's really one of my favorite things I do. I just sit down in front of Zoom. We have a beautiful, intimate group. I roll up my sleeves. I light a candle usually. And we just get into it. And I help you build your business and i help you figure out what's stuck and i help you get tools and strategy to to do this thing. So, um, if you want my help and support, i am so here for it. I love you guys. I'll leave you with a song and i'll talk to you Thursday. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit authenticshows.com.
1: So many times i chose to run So